Judge is ready. Okay, and then we put Ben's hair into two pigtails, and he was the maid of honor. You consider this a team bonding activity? It was the most beautiful fake wedding anyone had ever seen. See, this is why I don't let our teams hang out except for on the bus, because I don't want my kids getting any crazy ideas. But how do you expect to turn your squad into a fam? I'm leaving. (laughs) Wait, Kurt, this is your house. Okay, okay. Today, Kurt and I discuss team bonding and the benefits of being on a forensics team that extend beyond great speaking skills. This This is Forensic forensic Spaces. spaces. I don't know. Hi, Kurt. I'm preparing myself for the episode. (laughs) You could just, like, I don't know, do that before we, like, sit down in front of the microphones? Nope. Never. It's more charming this way. (laughs) This is what brings the people. (laughs) Yes. So, welcome to my house once again. (laughs) This just got so formal. So exciting to have you. Well, I'm just so used to having these conversations now with people who have never been on the podcast before. Oh, it's true. So I'm slipping into like interview mode. Yes. So like, tell me your forensic story. (laughs) Tell me what is, where, where, whatever, tell me about your family. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about spouses. (laughs) So Anyways, <laughs> um, something very exciting happened this week, and I just want to jump right into it. Because okay, I know, I know you had a really huge, like, personal thing. It was a big day to you. on yes. Friday. Mm-hmm. Actually, it happened at 11 p.m. on Thursday evening. Oh my gosh! The cast album to Dear Evan Hansen came out. It was so good. It's oh, still it's so, so good. good. It's still, like one of the best moments of my last year seeing that show and the. Oh, the album is so good. It's great. It's I'm so, so glad good. you told me because I kind of was distracted by my other Friday life. And then you were like, the Dear Evan Hansen album was like, oh, shoot, mm-hmm. get to it. And then I just live reaction texted you everything yes. that I was feeling. Which is great because like you need that outlet when you're listening yes. to this album, especially if you've not seen any part of the show. Mm-hmm. Like some of those songs will just like hit you right in the gut. Literally crying at my work desk. Like, yeah. I was like, I have an allergy. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I just I just had a coughing attack, so my eyes are watering. Coughing attack is in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it's not okay. So, you guys, it is so good. If you are a fan of musical theater, even if you're not a fan of musical it's theater. It's still really great. It's, it's very so pop-driven. It is, yeah. Uh, the writers of the album, Pasek and Paul, do pop stuff sometimes. Yeah, you heard of La La Land? Yeah, yeah. They're the lyricists for La La Land. So they're kind of having a good year yeah, right now. Yeah, it's a moment for it, those yeah, boys. Yeah, it's a moment. So uh, I definitely recommend going and... Buying the album because, yes. like, support your artists. Mm-hmm. Also, it's available on Spotify. Yeah, which is where I listen to it. You know, but that's so. okay. <laughs> uh, but, like, buy the album and support artists. That's important. Yes. Importante. Um, but the reason that I forgot about it on Friday was because I had to, like, scramble to get all my work stuff done because Friday night I went to the Marquette hosted Congress, which was held in Milwaukee City Hall, which is, like, one of the highlights of my forensic season every year. Because it is so mofo and cool. Tell us more about that, Melissa. Well, Amy Geyser of Marquette University High School gets the actual Common Council Hall 
for the students to compete in. And the mayor came and spoke to them about the like importance of public service. And they got sworn in by a city clerk who is a former uh, competitor in the forensics world. So he knows lingo and throws it around and makes good speech jokes and stuff. And the kids get sworn in and all the coaches gather around like soccer moms and take photos. And it's my favorite thing ever. But this year there were like 25 ish kids competing. 20 of them was their very first time doing Congress ever. No way. Yes. So it was, it was adorable though, because all of the people who were there adult wise rallied around them to sort of help them out. I was scoring for a section, which is what you call judging. And then, um, Ashvir Singh from Marquette was the parliamentarian. Who's the adult who helps the student who presides over everything. If you don't know about Congress. And so we were pretty much providing script for them to help them and answering questions within the session itself. Mm-hmm. And it was just really great. That's it was awesome. just a great time. And then I also got to have good, cool coaching conversations with people, which is one of my favorite things to do. I was going to say, that means you got to see Amy Geyser in person. Yes. Which I got is to see one her. of your favorite things. It is, because she's one of my favorite people. Yeah. And just yeah. talking about our students and forensic world and getting into the like philosophy of forensics. And it was just very fun. Now, does she mention like how does she get the city hall? Like how? Did no, that I think happen? it's like a deep, deep secret. Okay. Either that or I think she just like knows someone. I was gonna. Well, I was asking basically like who does she know that she's able to make that happen? Because it's awesome. But yeah. I can't imagine that's something you just call up the mayor's office and be like, <laughs> hey. hey, I'd like to hold an event in city hall, and, and I would like the mayor a to show up. Bunch of high schoolers to sit at common council desks mm-hmm. and not mess it up. But they do a great job. They hold themselves. The students have great decorum about it. It's very fun, awesome. picture worthy, and I just love student congress. So it's really fun to see it supported in that way. Excellent. But yeah, then I got home at eleven uh, fifteen on Friday night after uh, coming Oof. back from the congress and dropping the kids off at home and returning the rental car and putting the gas in the rental car and everything. And then my alarm went off at four fifteen a.m. So for people doing the math at home, that's a five hour difference. Yes. Which is not how many hours I got to sleep. That's just what time I got to my house (laughs) and then got up and got on the bus. But we got to ride the bus together to Sun Prairie. I'm making a sun motion. All the way to Sun Prairie. Because we love John and Elliot. We do. And we love that tournament because it's always so well run. Surprise, surprise. It's run Mm -hmm. by our state tournament directors. Um, It's also a really big tournament. And it's our first it's our first real chance to see the Madison area teams. Yes. Which for our kids can often be a bit of a shock. But I'd say, you know. A good shot. They fared quite well. Yeah, and, we did and pretty yeah, well. And, and I mean, my kids certainly did see people they had never seen before, yep. which fourth tournament of the year, I think they're actually happy mm-hmm. to have that happen. Yeah. Like, they would prefer to not just continue to see the same things again mm-hmm. and again. So all of those are really good reasons for us to make the trip to Sun Prairie. They had like 30 teams competing that day. Yeah. It was a huge tournament. 700 kids, the email said afterwards. Like, that's, that's so many. That's insane. That's so much. So congratulations to both of them for running a great tournament. Yep. Let's recap. All right. Two complaints from the Melissa end of the spectrum. Here we go. One, before the day began, really. I went to tab and I talked to Mr. Elliot Fisher and I was like, so I know your parents don't run the tab or run the the hospitality room anymore. What's a cheesecake sitch? 
Last year, he made his mother's recipe, mm-hmm. and it was great. And, so and good. much merriment was had by all. And so I approached him this year, and he's like, oh, instead of a full cheesecake, I made bars, but it's the same recipe, just in like an easier-to-serve quantity. And despite the fact that Kurt and I are on very non-cheesecake-friendly diets. Very non. We had both decided, going into that day, like days in advance that we were going days to cheat. Days in Weeks ago. We yeah. talked about this weeks ago. <laughs> we decided that, that we were like, going to cheat to eat this cheesecake. Yes. And so Elliot tells me that there are bars and I get very excited. I judged a full day on, Friday, on Saturday. So I judged three prelims and a power round. My last prelim was a solo serious round. But I won because John was very insistent on only spending 90 seconds at the end of your round finishing your critique. <laughs> but I was like... I was like pretty much out of my seat before that last, the last person didn't even finish there. So I was like, I need to get to the judge's lounge. I need to get to the judge's lounge. I get there. There's no cheesecake. There was no cheesecake guys. There's no and like freaking cheesecake. They, they kept, um, I felt like they kept the rounds pretty like a small size. So yeah. like I judged round three and I forget what I was judging. Oh, I, I judged solo hum. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, but it was only five kids. Yeah, mine was only five, too. I was like, oh, you know, no problem. So it's not like we got to lunch late. late. It was just so. Gone. And I don't maybe it wasn't gone. Maybe like there was still some somewhere else. I, I don't uh, know. I don't think so, because I then went to the tab room where Mr. Antonio Trinidad was tabbing. And I was like, so have you gotten into this cheesecake sitch? And he was like, no, I haven't seen any cheesecake. So mm-hmm. I told him I was like, if for some reason, Elliot, like. Because sometimes, like, tab room hosts will bring in treats to, like, bribe their tab staff. Oh, sure. Be grateful and thankful to them. So I told him that if a cheesecake situation was bestowed upon him to let me know so I could just run in, steal some cheesecake, and bounce. No such situation Mm -hmm. happened. So... So yeah, that's a complaint. We have to like, I would I'm like sorry, to formally lodge that. But we have to bring it up. Yep. Because like we were so looking forward to that cheesecake. When and- you plan into your <laughs> week slash month slash forensic season just to eat some cheesecake and then that cheesecake is not there, it can be, it can be really hard on a person emotionally and they may still not almost 24 hours later be recovered. Look, I'm not saying that every reason we gave for going to Sun Prairie is complete BS. And the only reason we make the trip is for that cheesecake. But it's a really big factor. But what else am I going to get up at 415 in the mofo and morning for if not cheesecake? <laughs> Certainly so, not the love of competition forensics and my students. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> no cheesecake. It's so first cheesecake. of all, Mrs. Fisher we miss you. Please. We miss you so much. If I can even just get your recipe. <laughs> I know that you, the last time I asked for it, you told me it was a secret, but I'll pay for it. <laughs> I will. Do you Venmo? What? <laughs> it's a money service. Oh, do you Venmo? Is that what yeah. you just said? Oh, wow. See? Nope. Don't know about it. PayPal? I'll, Facebook PayPal. Ba- I'll, I know I'll PayPal. send you money over Facebook. There you, go. you can do that. I've done that before. No. Shout out Berkey. <laughs> I sent her money so she could eat Chinese food when she was sad. Oh, that's so sweet. It was. I'm pretty adorable. That's awesome. Um, speaking of uh, instructions to judges, let's uh-huh. also talk about that meeting. Yeah. Um, because we got our annual reminder to be nice to kids. Be nice to kids. Be nice to kids, guys. And then we got that reminder 
from five other people who were not yeah. John Peschel. So let's let's yeah, let's dive into that. First of all, I completely understand why John Peschel does this every year. It's mm-hmm. because it is still early in the season and they have had their team, their students have had experiences where a judge has been really heavily focused on the areas to improve perhaps did not use the best language, failed to offer some positive critiques, and that has discouraged students from coming back to the activity. Yes. So bad judging has pushed people out of forensics. Mm -hmm. I get that. I understand that. However, I also think it's really important to remind our judges that as coaches, I also want the critique. For me, it's less about the amount of critique being provided and more about the quality of such. And providing those numbers gets people very numeral focused. And again, this is from a place of totally understanding why he said it. Mm-hmm. But people were obsessed well, and about here's the thing. getting the right I amount. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving a metric to, to go by because there are judges in that room who probably needed that. Yeah. Like first timers or people who, you know. Well, are, are the bad judges that we talk mm-hmm. about sometimes here? Like those people might need the reminder and be like, oh, OK, I have to do three and three. And at least we're getting three and three from then. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but I think what needs to be remembered is that if you are one of those people who's sitting in the seats and you're hearing this reminder, but you are a judge who fills up your form every time and goes on to the back and is constantly like and and has a coaching approach to critiquing in that you're not just saying what you don't like, but you're offering a way that they can improve it based on what you've seen. Then that message isn't for you, Mm -hmm. you know? So first of all, yeah, if you're in the audience, just like, remember if you're, if you're the type of judge, like anybody has ever said, Oh, thank you so much for that great critique. He's not talking to you. You're perfect. Don't change. Yeah. He's talking to the people who like need to understand that you can't be, a jackhole yeah. to children. And and that's an important message to give to everybody, but you have to know if it applies to you. The second thing I would say is that if you are in one of those meetings and that type of thing is happening, because I think this frustrated both of us equally, yep. is we then did start hearing from coaches who, again, I understand why they're bringing it up and I understand it's well-meaning and it's because something bad happened to one of their kids, but you can't make blanket statements about how people should judge You can't make blanket statements about what type of person a child might be. Mm -hmm. So, like, I understand that you may have a child who has some sort of, uh, you know, like a tick or behavioral problem. Um, But really, again, like most judges, good judges will be able to tell the difference between a nervous habit that does warrant commenting on and some sort of psychological tick that just. Nobody can do anything about Mm -hmm. it'd be like, you know, commenting on somebody's speech impediment. Yeah. Like, oh, you really shouldn't slur your S's. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, obviously they can't help that. It's a speech impediment. So I I have a student who has issues with his eyes. And so he it's it's very, very intense for him to make direct eye contact, not Mm -hmm. because it's uncomfortable, but that's just literally not the way that his eye muscles work. Yeah. And so I hope it is an obvious thing, but also he will never like say anything about it. But it's one of those things where you can tell very intensely it's not just him mm-hmm. being uncomfortable and unable to make eye contact. Yes. And that it is. Obvious. I know exactly yeah. what student you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And as a judge, I would never yeah. comment on something that is quite plain or even could possibly be a physical or mental impairment. Mm-hmm. Like You just don't comment on it. So 
Again, I appreciate that those coaches obviously had a negative experience and wanted to warn people against saying something, you know, but like you can't tell judges not to comment on things that they see, because then for all the students who need to be told, like not to fidget with their, you know, the hem of their shirt and not to flick their hair or fidget with their fingernails, because y'all I put down so many times, stop playing with your fingernails for people just like clicking their fingernails next to each other while they're like while they're speaking Mm -hmm. or even performing. I'm like, that's obviously not in character what you're doing. Please stop. But those are things, again, where you you have to know. Like we talk about judging so much and training, but also there's a level of trust that we are putting into people who are adjudicating for us. So we need to like give them that chance to be like, they'll obviously know the difference. Mm -hmm. But I also need to say that judges meetings are not a place to get something off of your chest. Right. Like they're not the place for it. Which was my issue and an issue that I was discussed among other coaches after the meeting was mm-hmm. those people. Part of me wanted to reach out to them because John did give us the, the goal of talking to more people than we normally do. And part of me wanted to reach out and just say, do you need someone to listen? Mm-hmm. Because maybe there's just no one in their life who would understand that frustration. And they just need someone to listen. Right. Because that's important. And we talk about needing companionship and mentorship and friendship, but the place to get things off of your chest <laughs> is not in a judge's meeting. Well, and let's be very clear about why I want to talk about this, which is not to shame or make no. somebody feel bad for doing that. Again, I totally get yeah, why, why you want to say why that. you want to say that. I get it. I totally do. We're all mama bears at some point in time mm-hmm. and we want to protect our kids. And it's, but, that's a worthy goal. And I'm not saying it's not. However, you have to be careful how you say things. And if there's a specific experience that you are alluding to or a specific kid that we need to watch out for, say that. Yeah. But what happened is that several coaches made blanket statements about something that could be or like you can't say this to kids because what if they are dot, mm-hmm. dot, dot. But what that does is that eliminates a whole category of being able uh, of of things that we could comment on as judges that could legitimately help this whole other class of students who need that. And in fact, their coaches may be. I'm one of those coaches who was like, no, 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 I need you to to comment because (laughs) it reinforces what I'm telling them when I see them. I need that backup because at some points they just stop believing you and part of what we do as coaches is point out those nervous habits or those ticks or those uh you know awkward movements and and so i need i need judges to to bring that to the table and say like hey i noticed you you know playing with your hair so that i can be like "Mm, see it's happening Mm -hmm. i told you it was happening you fixed it during practice but obviously it's still happening when you're in competition because the nerves are running high so let's continue to work on this yeah and mine is just a time and issue like like there's a time and place to talk about those issues and a good one for it are coaches meetings where you Mm -hmm. can discuss that with people who understand that frustration but also are people working towards solution for it so yeah i'm sorry if it came off as me shaming those coaches for standing up and wanting to advocate for their students because what they were doing is trying to advocate for them and trying to do mm-hmm. what's best. But it was sort of not. But yeah, and I would say to those coaches too, feel free to be specific. If you're bringing a student to a competition and you have mm-hmm. the chance to say, guys, I have a kid here, you know, he has a very specific tick. This is what it is. If you see it, 
you know, he is sensitive about it. Please don't comment on yeah. it because it's, it's, it's not pushing him. He can fix. Yeah. And it's pushing him away from the activity. Like he can't handle hearing or seeing that on a, on a critique sheet. If that's something specific, I want to know that. So I don't comment on it. And if I see a kid who's not that kid, but that they're having a similar issue. Okay. So I don't comment on it that one mm-hmm. time, but at least I know specifically what I'm looking for. And then I, I feel like that one better protects that student and two allows other students to get the the feedback that they should be getting. Yeah. So, yeah. So that again, that that judges or that yeah, that judges meeting. It's always great to be reminded that you need to be nice to kids. You need mm-hmm. to oh, you need to also say positive things. Yeah. You should not just be saying uh, the areas they can improve. Um, but make sure you use common sense. And if you're one of the people listening to this podcast, I'm sure you are one of those people who you're a good one who knows how to address those types of things. Like I, I did not pay attention to how many positive and negative comments I was giving. What I know is that both columns were full by the end of my round on everything I did. And then I moved to the back page. See, both of my columns are not always full. One of the things I tried to focus on because I was bad at it when I first began judging was being concise and being particular and Most of the time, if a student or group is very good and they're the one in my round, they are almost always going to have more areas to improve from me than they are positive aspects of performance because I want to help make them even better. And when a student is in the lower end of my round, I'm trying to find the equal balance of things that bolster and motivate them as well as the areas for them to change. But I'm, I try to always be very concise about it. My goal is 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 three to ten words if I can. But I'm, it doesn't. Oh, always work I don't that care way. if it takes me a paragraph <laughs> to describe exactly what I mean. Well, sometimes See, I, I take, will, but I I, because I'm from, trying to be so efficient in tournament time, and I can be very long winded. As those who listen to those podcasts know, <laughs> I am trying so so. It was something I've worked a lot on my like third year of judging, third year See, on. And I took from the coaching clinics because I was like. I was on the school paper and stuff. And like, I was that kid in like composition who the teacher was like, your writing style is like, it lacks a voice because I was too concise. Like I, like I learned to write with like the, if you can say it in five words, don't use 10. Like that's how I was raised. And I learned from those coaches meetings. Um, when we would do our practice sessions and we would watch a thing and we'd say like, read it out loud Mm -hmm. and now see if it makes sense. I discovered that like, I actually needed to be more, Elaborate. Yeah. Because when I wrote concisely, it doesn't necessarily translate. Okay. And so, yeah, I'm actually more long winded when I write forensics critiques than I am in a lot of other, certainly more long winded than when I'm just watching a student because I can write two words and I know what that means and I can fix it. But yeah, it's, it gets to be pretty, pretty long. Yeah. I, I, when those, especially when they're half pages, like I fly through those those first two columns in like four or five comments. And then I have to go into the back because that doesn't I happen fill, for me. I filled often. up that space. Well, good for you. Um, but we positive things that happened. I want to thank John and Elliot for allowing us to bring out the hustle at mm-hmm. their tournament for this podcast. We, we had stickers. That is slang for promote ourselves. Yes, it is. <laughs> Thanks, Kurt. 
we we had stickers that we were giving people who talked to us about the podcast. Also, shout out to our good friend from Arrowhead, Steve Schmidt, for coming to tell us a wonderful story that like still warms my heart right now and melted the cold ice of my lack of sleep and just made everything better. Um, I told you she'd like that story, Steve. <sighs> so I told you. Me, I, and you know oh. what? I realized after the fact, I didn't give him a sticker. <gasps> I did. Don't worry. Okay, good. Because I was like, I was like, did Kirk give you a wait. sticker when you told him the story? No. No. Got up from his table. I was so Accidentally flustered. pushed a woman to go back to my table and grab it. I also made fun of what the homework he was correcting, but I'm just oh. not nice. So, <laughs> uh, and we got to give out the radio trophies mm-hmm. and announce the radio winners. And John told me that I could shake all the hands of the winners. And I was, Mm-mm. no, thank you. No. High fives. <laughs> high fives for everyone. By the way, radio kids, you suck at high fives. <laughs> I tried to warn them. All right, high five me, then grab your your medal or grab your trophy, depending on what mm-hmm. place they were getting. So lost, so confused, lost track of it. Sorry about it. Well, they did have to stand up there for a little bit of time. So I, <laughs> after the fact, I was like, maybe we should have done this reverse order, like brought the kids up after we introduced what uh, the podcast was. But I was like, well, it's okay. it wasn't that long. But yeah, it wasn't. It was, a, but it was like a minute. They just had to stand there and like not be the center of attention like yeah. it was supposed to be. But again, thank you to John and Elliot for allowing us to do that. We did record that final round of radio and I am hoping to use that uh audio to build or to create like a a best of reel Mm. of like the radio final round because there was some really good stuff in that round nice um and that also the commercial in that final round was a commercial for forensics faces so i will be using some of the audio from their commercials in that round to make a real commercial for forensics faces so exciting so yeah that is uh yet to be created because first i need to get permission from them to use their yeah. Voice and everything. But so. on top of giving us recognition for our podcast, one really great thing that John and Elliot do is give novice recognition. So they, one thing that we talk about struggling against is the idea of getting kids to return, getting them to come back and how to achieve that balance of a student wanting to not quit mm-hmm. with whether or not they're doing well and how that can't be the only motivation. We've talked about that a bunch of times, but what they did is in the two largest categories, which were prose and poetry, they had a separate novice power round, which was so cool. And you could tell those mm-hmm. kids were so excited. And then all of the non-advancing novices from each category got to go up and get recognition and get their own medal. And then everyone in the room like stood and applauded for them. And it made me a little misty because it was just so nice because mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't say like and provide them a standing ovation. They just said hearty round of applause, but without any instruction everyone just stood up and applauded and it was such a long applause and it was so nice and they were just all smiling it made my day yeah i just like when it's nice it's it's one of the things about sun prairie i love the most um and it was actually it was one of the things i was looking forward to because i had novices that i suspected could probably be the best novice in their category yeah um, because i just have so many novices um it didn't work out that way because they actually (laughs) powered uh, how dare they but i know (laughs) so I kind of like talked them into going so that they could get this novice thing. And then I was like, oh, well, I guess you are just in the power round. Oh, darn. I was like, okay. And I I had a weird philosophy about it because I was talking to the other coaches about that while like after the power rounds had gone up, but before mm-hmm. I had to go record the radio final. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of bummed about that. Cause like, I don't know why, but for me, it feels like a novice trophy is like a win, but like, unless you win the final round, <laughs> it feels like a loss. Kurt, that's and not how it works at all. And you know, it. I know like objectively it's not, but like, 
in my heart, I was just like, <laughs> you I'm have like, one. I did, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's buried under some dark some matter, rubble, but it's like, I don't know. Like it's a weird perspective that I guess is unique to me. It's true. I mean, part of so. me understands it, but also part of me knows that it's easier for them to explain to their parents getting to the power round than being the top non-advancing finalist or yeah. not top non-advancing novice. Yeah. But also because this is our podcast and we get to do whatever we want. You criers, yes. you, you weepy little nuggets. <laughs> I, the second Elliot starts getting choked up, I like my first instinct is to clutch my invisible pearls, put my hand on my cheek and chuckle. <laughs> Katie like hit me in the arm. She's like, you're so mean. I was like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just struggling because part of me wants to make fun of you. But part of me also understands why you're being emotional. But it's not it's not nice to make fun of people. So, yeah. But they were just they were just getting they were getting emotional. I was like, you guys. Yeah. Well, they they obviously deeply care about the activity and yeah. the people. Um, and we appreciate you and love you guys so much. Mm-hmm. So sorry you got choked up. Yeah. Uh, we will continue to make fun of you when that happens. Yes. But we also appreciate it. Yeah. Also know that one of the reasons I don't announce awards at my tournament is because I would get choked up. And so I either hand out awards or I just sit on the floor with my team because I can't handle my emotions, which is also why I never, ever, let me say this podcast, ever want to be nominated for the hints because I will not be able to make that speech happen. I will just sob and drool on myself a little bit and then chuckle that I drooled on myself in front of thousands of people that I respect and admire and then walk away. So don't don't ever do that to me. I'm, I'm serious, guys. I know that those nominations are out right now, and you know, I'm unworthy this year and for quite a few years. Still, you know, it's just a matter of time, right? <laughs> Y'all, please don't, please don't do it to it's me. Only a matter of time. I, I won't be able to emotionally handle it. Um, we well, only can't. have to make a speech if you win. So yeah. you can get nominated and not have to worry about it. Thanks. Nominate me and no one ever vote for me because no one likes me anyway. I was going to say, I would I would at least want the nomination. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, so I can tell people I'm hints of what yes. nominated. Yeah. Um, uh, my emotions are fortunately buried under several layers of rubble, as you yeah. just described rubble, it. Yeah. So I am. I mean, it's there and sometimes the light shines through, but it takes a while to dig to get there. I thought yeah. it was a really good analogy. I don't, I don't really worry about choking up in front yeah. of people. Okay. But now the part of the podcast, everyone is looking forward Everybody's to. Everybody's been waiting for this. Antonio update. The Antonio update. I feel like we need like little music for it. Okay. So this weekend was our first weekend of coordinating an outfit between the three of us. Sort of. Sort of. We went in the, in the term of white and gray and florals. And so I wore floral with white and gray. Antonio wore white and gray with florals and you wore white and gray. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess because we'll have I to do see. not own floral. Yeah, we tried. Although if I had known like how like only his collar was showing of the yeah. floral and I was like, oh, if that's all it was, I could have gotten like my paisley tie is kind of floral. Oh, okay. like so I was like, oh, I could have used the paisley and that would have been OK. Yeah. But, but we did take a picture. I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. Who me, took me that either. photo? John. John, John send us that photo. We want to see how nice Please we tweet look. it at us. But we'll retweet I just want to point out that it is not fair that he is so stylish and attractive that he can not ironically wear a bolo tie. I was about to say, are we going to talk about the tie? Of course we are. Because, yeah. And that's the other thing that I was like, I don't know that I want this pressure of having to dress like Antonio Trinidad because the man can pull off a bolo tie. And that's not fair. And I don't want to stand next to him. And I certainly don't want to be in pictures with him. Because we just look like trash. Well, I'm not saying we, I'm saying me. I'm saying we, like, since you admitted it, and I know oh that I do, so now we can stand in that truth together. I just, it's a lot of pressure. It is. Uh, but, you know, 
We're trying. We, we adore you, Antonio. Thank you're, you for... You're delightful and wonderful and lovely. Yes. And uh, we'll keep trying. Yeah. Maybe if I can set the color palette someday. Then okay. I can just not like, next go weekend, find. Not this coming weekend. And then maybe I can just go find the, the perfect outfit and make that work. Okay. So, and then if I feel my best, then I can be next to you guys. You can try on the outfit, send us pictures, and let us know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like girls going to their first middle school dance. Oh. Team consulting. So exciting. Gotta rely on um, So now that that 15, seg- 15 minute segment has lasted 25 plus minutes. I mean, it happens. Maybe we should talk about our actual topic Let's of the talk week. talk about it. Um, ooh, I'm going to let you introduce ooh. this because this was your idea. <gasps> Do I have to go on the script or you can, can I talk just about chat? <laughs> okay. I so don't think people know we even use a script use based a script, on how guys. this goes we every promise. week. It's an outline, sometimes a physical script, you yeah. know. Um, so... One of the things I pride myself most on as a coach is the atmosphere and community of my team slash teams. I was lucky enough to come up in a program where everyone was always incredibly helpful and reliant on each other for both forensics and non-forensics things. I remember being a freshman at a tournament struggling with some homework and a senior was sitting next to me at the table and leaned over and helped me. And I was, it just warmed my heart. And so I put a lot of emphasis on the idea of building a community within my team. I love team bonding activities. I love students relying on each other for things outside of tournaments. I always let my students rant about things if they come into a practice and they are obviously distracted by something happening outside of the doors of our classroom. And the memories that students walk away with and talk about most often are so rarely winning a tournament or doing really well at state. They're always talking about the people that they've met. They're talking about the lifelong friends that they're making. Kurt and I talk all the time about the people in our lives who are there because we met them in forensics. My entire life was changed by joining forensics and being a part of that team And so I feel like it's an aspect that sort of gets left behind for some people because they're trying so hard to instill a competitive spirit, instill an intrinsic motivation and focus on those aspects of forensics. But the best part of forensics is the team and the people you are on it with. Yeah. So to put it into a soundbite, this week we're talking about team bonding. We're talking about team bonding. Yes. Long-winded. Melissa Gabrielson. (laughs) Dust me. But... One of the reasons to do that is no coach is an island, and we talk about this, but for some people, you are just you and your team. You don't have an assistant coach. You don't have volunteer coaches. It is just you and your team. So you come to rely on those kids for a lot. And so when we talk about team bonding, we're not just talking about the kids bonding with each other. We're also talking about coaches bonding with their kids. At least I am. Yeah. So how do you do that? Um, just magic like and sheer talk, force of will. <laughs> you talk about creating an atmosphere where that can happen. Um, what are some, some ways in which you do that? So I am one brutally honest with my students. I am not overly guarded about my personal life. There are obviously things I'm not going to share with my students, but if I'm having a really bad work day or there's something weird going on in my personal life that makes me in a weird mood. I'm going to explain to them what it is because I want them to get to know me as a person and not just as an authority figure because that's where respect comes from, at least on my end of things. 
And so one is creating that level of respect that comes from knowing me as a person and knowing why I am the way I am and why I coach the way that I do. But I also try very hard to keep up to date with what they are doing, both like internet wise and uh, like in their lives. I am friends with all of my students on Facebook. We, I have a very active group page for both of my teams because it's how they communicate. And I want to show them that I respect that, but also I want to be a place where they can reach out to each other. I also encourage my teams to have a group chat where all of them can be in contact with each other that I'm not a part of. So they can talk crap about me if they want to, but also providing events that allow students to spend time with each other outside of forensics. So we do movie nights, we do food nights. We have a night where we play werewolf together. We'll have team parties. What is werewolf? It's like a, it's like a role. Do you ever play mafia in high school? No. You ever play the game mafia? Oh my gosh. Okay. Some of you know what this is. Some of you don't. It's a game where everyone is playing a role of sorts in a village or a town and you're trying to figure out who is being murdered. And it's like, it doesn't have a board game. It's just like a role playing game. It's like a social game. I don't know. It's fun. Do you like go outside? <laughs> no. What do you do? Where, you sit in where a are circle. you doing this? You sit in a circle in a room so you can play it anywhere. So you're a bunch of people in a village, but you're just sitting in a room. Yeah. I don't get it. That's okay. That's why you don't LARP. No, obviously the only no, reason I you don't, don't LARP. LARP. <laughs> Do you know what LARPing mm-hmm. is? Live action role playing. Good job. Just checking. You're welcome. Just I'm just I'm just checking your your geek cred on the podcast. But yeah, I also love the team potluck. Uh, as you saw on Saturday, because some prayers are longest bus ride of the year, we do breakfast bus. So all mm-hmm. the kids bring in different snacks and things they can eat on the bus. And it looked delicious. Yeah. Looked real tasty. And I mean, I got to eat. One thing, because my lovely student Jackson from Ideas, his mom and him made me vegan donuts. That was adorable and so sweet, and I was super jealous. Yeah, I'm sorry. They they, they were definitely... That's okay. I brought sick. an apple. Yeah. So I came prepared. But a lot of it is just nourishing the connections that your students are making with each other and letting and sort of letting them do that and not forcing it. At least trying not to force it. Sometimes I'll force it. You guys should hang out. But I try to let them. I mean, I think you can suggest it, which I think I I have done that as well. Yeah. Um, Okay. So I'm going to jump in now. Yeah. What do you do on your team? Well, I'm still figuring this out because I, I will be the first to admit that this is one area where I fall short because I would... I come from the background and I've talked about this before of working as a Catholic youth minister. And so I come from that, uh, philosophy that like adults shouldn't be alone with kids. And like, if you're spending too much time with teenagers, there's something suspect about that. How dare you? And so I have to fight through those instincts, which were, you know, instilled in me for so long. Um, that like, if it's not an official like team thing that like, that's somehow weird. And plus like, we've talked about this before and I'm sorry if this is sexist, it probably is. It is different when an adult female is hanging out with teenagers than when an adult male is hanging out with teenagers. That it looks different from the outside. I feel weirder about it than I think 
you ever have. Yeah. <laughs> because like I just want like I just want to wear a sign that's like I'm not molesting anyone <laughs> because I feel like it's so easy to go there yeah. when you're talking about a, a male adult hanging out with teenagers, mm-hmm. girls or guys. Yeah. Um and then you throw in the fact that I'm a sexual deviant <laughs> as a gay man, as some people would say. And it's like, well, obviously I'm molesting people because that's just what we do. Yeah. It's how we make other gays. <laughs> so I can't be left alone with you. So like, anyways, I have all of those voices, those terrible voices. And obviously I didn't mean any of what I just said. Guys. Yes. That was, that Sarcasm. was a joke. Um, <laughs> so like, I have all of that running around inside my head and I'm learning to get over it. I'm learning to be better about I've it. I've seen I'm, the growth. I am learning to engage with students, to speak with them more, to talk about personal lives, to to you be Snapchat more them. to be more forthright with who I am as a person. Yeah. yeah, to engage them in social media so that I am meeting them where they are at as far as communication is concerned, um, like group messenger or uh, Facebook messenger and group chats and Snapchat, um, following each other on Twitter, like Instagram, whole nine yards, like. Mm-hmm. I will, I will engage with them where they're at on the social media level, on a personal level. Um, and I'm learning to be, to be better about that. Um, and really the way I have done that is like, I've gotten to know some of these kids that I feel comfortable with. And because Mm -hmm. I feel comfortable with them, um, they are helping to build that environment, which is the part of this that I would say to coaches, like, if you are like me and you don't feel comfortable doing that yourself, use those students, because if the students don't buy into it, you're just this weird adult who wants to hang out with kids. Yeah. So like the students have to buy into why this is important and they have to actually want to do it. And so use those kids to promote the team bonding events. And that's sort of what I've done is I've, I've said to my seniors who are my team captains, like, Hey, we should plan a movie night. And like, let's do that. Um, and then they like pushed it out and said, Hey, we're going to do this. Everybody should come which I know was more successful than me just like creating yeah. an event on Facebook and inviting all of them. You know, so I, I'm trying to to use those kids to get more comfortable with it myself. Um, and it's also easier now that I've had the same co-coach for the last several years, because I can mm-hmm. always be like, it's not weird that I'm there if that other adult is also yeah. <laughs> there. If there's always another adult there, it feels less weird. Yeah. I mean, I a lot of our team bonding events are things that are happening inside of our school, like there are things that are happening. A lot of ours happen on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So they'll do regular practice until five 30 when I get off of work and can get to school. And then when I get there at five 30, I almost always arrive with pizzas or whatever snack retreat we're doing. And then we'll go into whatever activity we've decided to do that is non-forensic. So the first time we did it, we had pizza and we sat in a big circle and just told stories to each other mm-hmm. to get to know them. They told me embarrassing stories, what their favorite smell was, what their least favorite smell was, you know, regular people questions. Mm-hmm. And that just, it sets them up to get to know each other and to be doing something outside of the activity, which is important. Yeah. And I will say this too, like, it's an important thing to keep an eye on that if your students are taking the lead on team bonding, make sure they are including everyone. Everyone. And that includes like making sure, like, I love having the Facebook chat because it's a really easy way to just talk to almost everybody on my team. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not everybody yeah. because not everybody on the team has Facebook. And so I also have to reach out via email if I'm communicating with those kids. And if something's being planned, you have to make sure that they're not just planning it on that Facebook chat because you know that there are 
I know in my team and you might know in yours too, there are two kids who aren't on Facebook and yep. they're not getting those messages. And so you have to make sure that everybody's involved Yeah, because the one way this can fail very quickly and become a problem is if you start to get like a tight knit group with people, not in within it. your larger group, <laughs> like everybody has to be invited. Nobody should ever feel left out. No one should ever feel put down. Yeah. So that's, and that's why an adult presence in that is important. You can't just let the kids do it. Mm-hmm. You can let them take the lead, but you gotta make sure you have to supervise that process so that everybody's included because we've all been that person who doesn't get invited to the party. We've all been that person. It stinks. Don't let your high school student feel that way. Yeah. Um, because it's probably not even intentional. No. But it happens. Clicks form. It gets real easy to just say things to the people who you are already hanging out with on a regular basis throughout the school day and then forget that there are like other people on the team who should have <laughs> also been included. And that's that's what I consider my role to be. Yeah. Like if something social is happening, make sure everybody's involved. Um And I will say, like, as far as team bonding stuff that my team has done, like, we also have had bowling parties, which I think is a lot of fun because none of us are good at it. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, like, I just feel like bowling is such a great way to have everybody come in up to this point. Someday I might have a great bowler, but like everybody Uh, comes in on the same level of like, I'm not very good at this. And so that uncertainty is is happening with everybody there. Yeah. And then it's like something you can build off of. But like, one of my ideas, kids, is literally a competitive bowler. Like the reason okay. he can't compete every single tournament that the team goes to is because he is a state-ranked competitive bowler. Well, he's not invited to my bowling party. Okay, great. he's going to make us all look bad. He has uh, his own ball. That's not fair. That that not that what's required to be professional? Like I know, you just own but your he, like, he, I think he has multiple. Dang it, Brandad, you're so good. Um, And the other thing I will say too, like you guys meet on Friday nights, our team will like go to dinner after a Saturday tournament or what we always do for South is the kids all meet for breakfast Nice. before going to South High. Since you don't have to get up for a bus, just get up and go eat some breakfast. We'll, we'll have, after our home tournament, we'll normally have, they'll have a team party and it'll be without any of us. So we'll, the kids will go to someone's house. Last year, I, we also hosted a Galentine's event where all of the mm-hmm. females on the team went to someone's house, myself included, and we just ate tons of junk food. And I provided worldly advice to them and listened to their stories. And it was just girly and fun. I did a lot of braiding because I love to braid hair. But uh, yeah. And the, the story- I may the- have been lying earlier when I said it sounds less creepy for <laughs> girls. Shut your face. Uh, the story, Until you said the word, because I really like braiding. I like braiding hair. I'm, an, I'm the oldest sister, and I've done a lot of hair braiding. Also, my students will attest to the fact, and I've talked about before, that a lot of their competition hair I do or have done less this year because I'm so busy. But normally, I will just sit and they'll sit in rows and I'll just braid all their hair so it looks nice. Mm. But the story from the beginning of this episode about a fake wedding is a real thing that I did with my team Mm -hmm. where two of my students decided that when we went to Philadelphia for nationals, that they were just going to joke propose to each other everywhere around and see if anyone believed them. So 
my beautiful student Chad and and often talked about Mackenzie Berkey. He just carried around a fake ring he bought at Walmart the night before we left for the tournament. And he just like got down on one knee in front of the Liberty Bell, <laughs> got down on one <laughs> knee in front of like the, some other random monument on a carousel. And then we went bowling and had a fake bachelor bachelorette party. We did guys versus girls bowling in this bowling alley because the weather the day that we had our sightseeing in Philadelphia was horrible. It was just raining for six plus hours. And then that night we got back to the hotel and they decided to throw a fake wedding. So Mackenzie put on the the one maxi dress someone had brought along on the trip. Chad put on the top part of his suit. She asked <laughs> Ben Kroll to be her maid of honor and requested that I put his hair into pigtails. So I did. And then they went to the top floor of this Philadelphia hotel and... uh. I believe Heath led a fake ceremony and read random passages from the Bible in one of the hotel desks. And then they led a wedding parade around the block our hotel was on. So the team and some other random kids they had met in the lobby just walked around the hotel. I don't, I, Mackenzie might have told this story already, but yeah, it's, it, it was a real thing that I did because I just, it was so silly and strange. And I just wanted to encourage it because it's a moment that they still talk about now. And those are important. Yeah. And so I just, my goal is to fil- facil- uh, bleh, facilitate getting those moments and those memories made without forcing them. I want yeah. to facilitate them. I was going to say, them. really, it's about just not standing in their way. Yeah. So. Which we try to which, do in all aspects of and, forensics. And that was one more point that I wanted to bring up, but Philadelphia is a good example of that, is like when you do overnights, whether it's within the state or outside the state, it's such a good time to let, have that team bonding happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the same reason why when I was a youth minister, we take kids out of town to do retreats. Mm-hmm. It's because something happens when you're away from home. Those clicks, those rules that you follow, those social circles you're in, they have a chance to fall away a little bit more when you're not in the town that you live. And Mm -hmm. so when you're taking kids away from town and you're staying overnight in a hotel or for a week in another city for nationals, oh, that's let those types of things happen. Don't fight that. Um, It's so easy to get uptight about the fact that like you're caring for all of these kids well-being, um, but don't don't waste the opportunity to let that kind of team bonding happen, because if they're spending that kind of time together and they're away from home and like you're the family they have in that moment. Cool things can happen, Mm -hmm. but let them. Yeah. And that that might mean letting them stay up a little bit later sometimes Mm -hmm. or just like. Letting them set at a separate table from you when you go out to eat so they can have their own little moment. But Mm -hmm. also then you get to have an adult conversation. Right. It's cool. But it's something that I really, because I'm such a proponent of it, of letting or finding ways for teams to become more than just teams, but to be their own little micro communities is one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about it because it's one of my favorite things. And there are so many people in my life. <laughs> Once we finish recording this podcast, I'm going to go to a Super Bowl party and half of those people I know there, I met in forensics. Yeah. And here I am almost 10 years post-graduation whoo, and they're still yeah. some of my my best and favoritest people. Absolutely. But then there's my forensics things. co-captain is going to be the unefficient at our wedding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, these these bonds, these relationships are lifelong. Yeah. So, yeah. Encourage them. <laughs> Encourage them, support them, get out of the way when you have to. Get out of the way. Get out of the Forensics way. rule number 2. First, be nice to kids. Two. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. Yeah. 
Great. Um, so let's, uh, <laughs> we are really running really long. Sorry guys. Uh, best thing we saw this week. Duo final round that I judged was incredible and so hard to judge, but it was huge variety of pieces, huge variety of content message, funny versus dramatic versus emotional. And it was just great. The end of that round and in almost perfect unison, all three judges, we were just like, okay, yeah, (laughs) great. Awesome. Like that's forensics. Yeah. And the the woman who was sitting next to you during the final round, uh, they would finish. And as she was clapping, you could hear her just cursing under her breath being like, ah, dang, like (laughs) after everyone. And it was, it was great. So thank you to those five, maybe no five performances. You were great. Thank you for putting yourself out there for me like that. Congratulations, guys. Best thing you Um, saw. Best thing I saw this week. I'm going to highlight a couple people who were in that final round of radio who (gasps) Mm. let us uh, record them. Um, I was just sitting in the room. I didn't have to judge them, which was kind of a cool experience. Um, But I will say a special shout out to Angie Zhang from Madison West and Travis Gerlich from Arrowhead because they legit sounded like NPR news anchors. (gasps) Like... I was like, is that Lulu Garcia Navarro? (laughs) Oh my God. Ari Shapiro's in the room. Like they are. And like, if you're an NPR nerd, you just geeked out. Like I did. Cause like, Oh, those those people are so great. Those people are so good. They have such great NPR voices. Um, So Angie and Travis, I don't know if you have any plans to be a journalist or to talk on the radio in some way professionally, you could do it. Yeah. Like you're ready you have the skill set. You have the talent. You ha- you are blessed in that way. Um, it was pretty incredible. And I actually got to like listen to them with earphones in because like I hooked up the oh, yeah, monitor to the up. thing. Yeah. And like I was like, these kids sound like they are reading a newscast. And Did you have like a microphone set up at the table in front of them that they mm-hmm. actually got to talk into? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Did anyone take a picture? No, I didn't. Oh, I should have thought of that. That's okay. No, no. It was. Yeah. Like I, yeah, I hooked up a like kind of what our setup is. Mm, yeah. So that they got, they got the full experience except without uh, the headphones. Yeah. But that's so, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I really enjoyed that final round and Angie and Travis in particular, my Yay. best of the week. Uh, just a reminder guys that we are doing retro forensics faces. We Ooh. had our first episode air with Donis Roberts this last Wednesday. If Which you haven't. so good. Thank you. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out. Um, and don't forget to check your podcast feed this Wednesday morning for the next episode. Uh, this week's interview is with Trey Smith of East Mountain High School, just outside of Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we talked with him, uh, not only about his experience and life in forensics, but also about building a good relationship with your administration and school school board. So don't miss it. It was super fun. You guys will like it. Indeed. Forensics Faces is recorded and edited in Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Our theme song was written and performed by JJ Hammeister. If you're a fan of Forensics Faces, please give us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Those ratings help other people find us. More information is available at ForensicsFaces.com, and you can connect with us on Facebook and Twitter by searching Forensics Faces. I'm Kurt. And I'm Melissa, encouraging you to listen, think, and speak. Preferably in that order. 